Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case is the story of Marlene Warren being murdered on Memorial Day weekend in 1990. Marlene heard a doorbell, only to be met with a grisly outcome. The worst part? Authorities started to piece together what witnesses saw. They only knew one thing. They were on the hunt for a clown? I'm Kylie. And I'm Thena. And tonight we have another chilling case to share with you. What's up? Hey, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Whoo. Okay. Um. So we. Uh. Kylie, how do you feel about clowns? Mm, they don't. Eh, they don't scare me. Yeah, I don't have anything. I. I actually, I'm the other end of the spectrum. I love clowns. I love clowns. I love circuses. I love all that stuff. Not the animal parts, obviously, but right. Um. Love clowns. Love circuses. Love tight ropes. Margie and I went to a really, really cool, oh, I was going to say clown, circus. Yeah, Margie and I went to a really cool circus. <laughs> we were going to say clown. <laughs> yeah, we went to a really cool clown. Um, we went to a really cool circus like two years ago, and it was like a traveling circus, and it was called Cirque d'Alcatraz. So, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really funny. I kept making jokes with people, and they were like, how was it? And I was like, great. It was the worst part of my life and the best part of my life combined. Being in prison and being in a circus. And nobody got it. No. Yeah. But it was really, really cool. Um, And it was like, it was kind of like a storyline. And yeah, it was a prison themed Alcatraz themed. And like, we got these cute little Alcatraz t-shirts and stuff. And they were like, if anybody wants to come take a picture with the cast, you can. And we'll give you the pictures. And then we never got the pictures. Oh. <laughs> so there's that. We always think about it. We always bring it up. We're like, I wonder what that picture looked like. <laughs> right it's like one of those things the one that got away the picture that got away i have something that i would like to share yeah so i came across this on facebook and you know giving support and you know shout out where shout outs are deserved mm -hmm. um so this 34 year old woman named candace Payne. she's not a celebrity she's not rich but she's exactly the kind of person that should be in the news i'm reading so i'm i'm not talking weird i'm just reading um last week in chicago where temperatures were colder than antarctica yeah and they were yeah freezing um miss Payne decided to use her own credit card to rent 30 hotel rooms to shelter local homeless people from the freezing cold upon hearing of her good deed others pitched in to help and she was able to secure 72 rooms for five nights providing refuge for 122 people holy shit in a world of bad news daily, sometimes it's easy to forget that there is still so much good out there today. So let's share that. So I'm sharing that. Um, I have something similar, but not not but not good, not near. No, it's good. Oh, okay, it's just not near that dramatic. Yeah. Um. Well, now I feel kind of stupid sharing. It. <laughs> well, I'll be real. Um, that's okay. So I live in the country, kind mm -hmm. of. I guess whatever. I live in the country and there are, let's just say, some vermin all the fucking time. Mice. We have mice so bad. Um, we've finally gotten our mice down to a minimum. However, one of the things that helps is we have local cats in our neighborhood. And like, they're not feral. Like, these are very nice cats in our neighborhood. And this one lady like takes care of them. But in the winter, she kind of is like, 
less taking care of them, which is, I think, when you should take care of them the right, most. Right. So we have let the local cats take refuge in our garage and we have been feeding them and taking care of them. And we have been taking care of all the local stray cats. So again, going back to the last episode where we talked about how one of our listeners was like, yeah, Kylie always gets like the human side and Thena always gets like the animal side. (laughs) Here you go. We're just proving that point every day. (laughs) And it was so funny because I like came home the other day and my mom was like, how's your how's your cat experiment thing you're doing trying to rescue all the local neighborhood cats? And I was like, oh, do you want to see? And I like shined a light in my garage and there were three sets of eyes looking back at me and she's like, Jesus Christ. It's fine. They're really nice. They're really nice. I was like, I've named them all. Do you want to know what they all look like? I'll show you. You're going to have cats by the end of this. Yeah. You realize that, right? Yeah. Okay. They're going to be my cats at this point. Yeah. Next summer. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because they can't go in our backyard or anything because cow chases them away. Right. So they just hang out in our front yard and sometimes they'll like sleep on our steps and stuff so they're really friendly and really nice but they won't let you touch them they'll let you get really really close but never touch they never hiss they're never mean but they're like oh not like that yeah <laughs> gotta go and they sleep on top of my car all the fucking time fucking dicks i see little paw prints little all paw, over my windshield yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so yeah that's what's happening it's really cold here Yep. I posted about how uh, Sarah gave us the, not gave us, she well, she did give us, but she made us, she yeah. knitted us some uh, like little headscarf thingies. I don't know what you call it, toques? Oh, yeah. Things. What is that what it is? Yeah. They're like headbands. I don't headbands. know if I pronounce it correctly, but toque is, I think, what it's called. Um, And then the hats and stuff. And oh, yeah, they've been keeping my little noggin warm. So thankful we have someone looking out for us because right? I didn't own a hat. I do now. Nice. Um, yeah. So I guess that's all I have. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. You want to talk about this case? Sure. Okay. I'm talking about clowning around. Clowning around <laughs> is what they say. <laughs> Corey, I said it was the killer clown thing. And he's like, killer clowns from outer space. I was like, not, not, not quite. quite. He tried. I want to watch that movie, but I hear there's a lot of vomit. Oh, yeah, there is. It's very hokey old yeah school. yeah but but it's so so over the top so i wanted to kind of like we did with tucker hips give you some statistics and things up front so then we can talk about the case now if you have a fear of clowns don't worry you're actually in the majority of most people it's called chlorophobia i do believe and it's the term for the fear of clowns and it's widely acknowledged as a phenomenon oh my god i forgot to tell you something Yeah. Two things. Are you ready? I forgot. Oh my I do have really big true crime news. Okay. Number one, in our last episode, Tucker Hips. Yes. It's pronounced, well, shit. Now I forget. A Pilsen? A pop. A Pilsen. Oh, I thought of this because I was editing it. <laughs> Is shit. it Epsilon? Epsilon! Yeah. Yes. Someone. Um, we were just having a really big blonde moment yeah. because it clearly says that. Um, Epsilon. Um, uh, Marianne corrected us. Yeah. A million times. Every Thank single you. time we Thank, said it wrong. Thank you, Marianne. <laughs> she's, she's like yelling at us. She, it's she actually left me a voicemail of her yelling and she's like, you idiot. I love you so much. It's Epsilon. <laughs> I'm like, I love you too. Part two. Are you ready for another crazy true crime thing? Yeah. Um, Margie and I are gonna go stay with Marianne from Crime Scene and Cupcakes. What? We are flying out in February to go see her. Nice. Yeah. So we might go like do a little mini episode with Marianne. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. 
Isn't that cool, guys? Okay. You giving me the week off? No. I don't. Well, I mean, I still have to, <laughs> I still have to edit it. I but, was saying, you know. no, I will make sure to make it tough on you. No, I'm kidding. Love that. So sorry about that. But I had to I had to bring back the whole um, we don't know how to pronounce anything. And I probably yeah. pronounced the fear of clowns wrong, too. Yeah, I was thinking that. But like, it's a weird colrophobia. Colrophobia. And I said, who the fuck comes up with these names, though? They're so difficult. Like, why can't it be clownophobia? Clownophobia? Or like circophobia? Yeah, any, any, well, I feel like, yeah. You can't make it easy. It could, probably Latin. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) She's right there. (laughs) She had a lot of feeling about the clowns. Saber. She's like under the t- <laughs> under the door. Yeah, she's as close as can be. I can see her shadow. <laughs> Studies had indicated that the fear is present with both adults and children, actually, by being scared of clowns. It's not something that's, oh, more children are scared or, oh, more adults are scared. It's actually pretty, like, even. And numerous investigations have gone forward to try and find logical solutions and reasonings to the phobia. But nothing's been specifically rooted as the origin for it. So something kind of like opposite happened with Corey because he has a fear of spiders. But he said that he thinks it started when he went to a carnival or something along those lines where a clown came up to him and he's like, you want to see something cool? And then he had a, a tarantula in his hand and like brought it up to Corey and was like, ah! <laughs> you know, like in his face was his life. So it was his, his childhood Cirque de Freak, the books? His childhood was terrified of spiders, but also this clown. I don't know. I don't think he likes clowns. I don't think he's scared of them, but I don't think he likes them. Meanwhile, <laughs> Fina yeah. is obsessed with clowns. Uh-huh. And that exact same thing pretty much happened, but it was my school principal. He, and then you're like, oh, I should buy a tarantula. Yeah, he came into our school and was like, hey, for show and tell, you guys, I have a secret. Does anybody want to come up and hold it? You have to close your eyes. And I was like, me, me, me. And he's like, it's an animal and it's scary. And I was like, pick me. And he's like, OK. And Mr. Davis put a freaking tarantula in my hands. And I was like, I want one. And all the other kids were like, oh, my fucking God, I'm terrible. I would, have, dro- I would have dropped it. I was so stoked. I was so happy. It was the coolest thing ever. I never, never. Uh uh-uh. uh. And then a year later, I went to a mall and I got to meet some freaking animal cubs by this man named Joe. Did you ever get to do that? Joe Exotic. No. Oh, that was in our town. Animal cubs. Yeah. Like tiger cubs and stuff. Do you not remember this? Joe Exotic came to our town. I vaguely. Well. I wasn't to the mall. I wasn't here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you wouldn't have. But yeah, I vaguely remember this. You're opening a memory for me and I don't I can't. Yeah, yeah that's. Mm, yeah. Weird. And then we had another guy come to our school and I feel like this one's really common. So like if anybody else knows what I'm talking about, but it was this dude that would come to your school and he had a bunch of reptiles and amphibians and he would have the kids pose for Polaroid photos holding like a 10 foot long snake. It was like a banana python or something. And it was like white and yellow. And like every kid got to hold it if they wanted and take a picture. This is like a real memory I have as childhood. Like, tell me if you guys remember this guy coming to your school. Because like, I remember this guy coming to my elementary. And it was weird. (laughs) 
Did you do that? Yeah, I vaguely remember something like that, too, but I don't I would never do it. So, like, oh. it doesn't live rent free in my brain because I'm just like, I don't like this day. This day can go away. I don't like it. I remember I was almost mad because I didn't think I was going to get to hold the snake. Go figure. I was that kid. Right. But yeah. And then we had a guy that did yo-yos, too. Who the fuck did you go to school? <laughs> it sounds like I went to a made-up school. I'm, just, I'm like, long talking over here. I'm just going to keep going with the case. Okay. Now, talking about the fear of clowns, the Scientific American, which is like a, a study group, uh, they decided to do a study and report about the clown fears to try to collect some results to figure out just where all this fear stems its roots, right? So they're a study group that studies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fuck keep off. going. <laughs> Now, they invited 987 people between the ages of 18 to 77, and they were all going to take part in the study that was called the Fear of Clowns Questionnaire. In the end, once they did these questionnaires, they concluded that 53.5% of the respondents to it did have a fear of clowns. So then they wanted to know what they feared. And most times it had to do with either the fear of their makeup being over-exaggerated or hiding their actual features, the coloring of the clown's makeup, being like abnormal from real human. Um, the frightening experience that they may have had with the clown in the past, their unpredictable behaviors that clowns sometimes exhibit, or the negative portrayals of clowns in popular culture. So, so many reasons. Yeah. All of this put together created a culmination that pretty much taught people like clowns are something you should fear. And I feel like that is something that is such an easy like scapegoat. It's seen in so many films and like. Um, well, it's always portrayed as bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, for Pete's cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> for what? I was trying to say Jesus Christ and Pete's sake. So for Pete's, Pete's Christ. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Uh, uh, for Pete's, Pete's sake. Yep. There is, do you know Corbin Blue from High School Musical? Uh-huh. There is a film, I think it's called Stitches, and it's about him turning into a killer clown. He, like, gets bitten by a clown or something, and he turns into a clown. Which is not, nope, but... That's not how it works, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I think I've seen that. That's, like, I mean, there are so many clown movies. And then there's movies that aren't even about clowns that are about clowns, uh, vis-a-vis it. I mean, it's not a clown. It's definitely something from a different... You know, and then it becomes a clown. Right. Well, it's a clown. With that being said, people have a fear of clowns. Tonight's case is the story of a killer clown. And this clown ended up murdering Marlene Warren. So I figured, like, let's talk about clowns beforehand and then let's get into the case. But that's all my clown talk. That's all you got. All I got. Because they can't. Do you want to know a good clown? Out. Yeah. I don't know if she's a clown. I think I just made that up. Do you remember that show? She just had a red nose. Yes. Does that make it? Does big that make blue her? house. Big Okay, it's, I know what you're talking okay, about. People have been the big purple couch, comfy couch. Yes, 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 yes. I wanted to dress up as her for Halloween for the past like ten years. Literally, everyone just did. But oh, I've never seen. I've seen one person ever do it. It but, was high on my Pinterest. Oh, but hi. um, I just don't want to buy all the pieces to it. There's too many pieces. It's so cute though. But yeah, I loved that show growing up. Yep, me was, too. Is she considered a clown because she has a red nose? I think so. I think she, she was, was very fucking flexible when she did that. The clock on the mat on yeah. the floor. Yep. Damn girls gymnastics. Okay, let's get in the case. <laughs> Super all over the place tonight. 
So this story is about Marlene May McKinnon, which is a cute name. Marlene Love the alliteration. It's so good. So Marlene was born on April 15th, 1950. She shares a birthday with both Emma Watson and Seth Rogen. That's the best day ever. She's um, the worst sign, though. So that's a shame. Ugh. Whatever. She's an Aries. We don't like those around these parts. Right. The joke is Kylie's an Aries. If you guys forget. The joke. April 15th is also a tax day. I know. I I was almost going to put that as a holiday. And then I was like, (laughs) well, let's do something more fun. This is not more fun. It's national laundry. Like, go do your laundry day. So it's just nothing good happens on April 15th, except for Emma, Seth and Marlene. Which are all good good things. things. Yeah. Yes. She was born in Mount Clemens, Michigan. She had an older sister and a younger sister. Her mother was named Shirley Twing, which I wish that was Twang. Could you imagine? Hi, my name's Shirley Twang. Except she's from Michigan, so there's no Southern accent. Let her have her her shit. (laughs) Shirley said that her daughter Marlene was always smiling. Her stepfather, Bill, described Marlene as kind, loving, and always helpful. Growing up, she spent most of her childhood at her grandfather's farm. It was just north of Detroit. But when Marlene was a teenager around 18 years old, she ended up moving out because she got married to her first husband named John Ahrens. The couple had two sons, which they named John Jr. and Joseph Ahrens, but he most of the time just goes by Joe. Marlene suffered a really devastating loss because her first husband ended up passing away. And so she was left as a grieving widow with two sons. But only two years later, Marlene remarried to her second husband, Michael, a.k.a. Mike Warren. Marlene did everything she could possibly to give her two sons the world. She loved her kids and they loved their mom. Joe was so fond of his mother and he always spoke highly of her. Like still, he he just thinks the world of his mom. When Mike entered the picture, he really took on the role of being a father-like figure to the kids. And so like his stepfather role became really more of like a like, I'm sorry, your father's not here. Like, I will be your father. And so, like, at first, in the beginning, Joe and John really did think of Mike as their father. The family seemed to be getting better, and they were always healing as a unit because after everything they went through at this point. So they ended up moving to Florida, and they settled down in Wellington, Florida. Mike ran a rental car business called A Bargain Motors. (laughs) Motors. Yeah. The family was doing pretty good, but then another tragedy struck. John Aarons Jr., the older son, was killed in a car accident in the fall of 1988. John Jr. was 22 years old, and he had ran through a stoplight in West Palm Beach and struck another vehicle. He was pronounced dead on the scene. Ugh. At this point, Marlene was never the same again. She had lost her first husband, and now she had lost her first son. She really tried hard to put on a brave face for Joe and give him everything she could in life because she was determined that she could make life better for at least one of her kids. But that's also really hard to do once you've been dealt those cards in life. She was a really successful businesswoman. She owned multiple rental properties in West Palm Beach area. She also uh, helped own the used car rental business that her and Mike ran. She also owned airplanes and racehorses. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And she also worked as a cargo ship inspector. What did this woman not do? She was amazing. (laughs) So the airplane thing, this is really interesting. They lived in this place, okay? It's called Takeoff Place of Wellington, Florida. 
It's really interesting, the place they live in. And I looked it up. These houses are astounding. Their home was part of the Aero Club community. And it's like Aero, like Aero space, like airspace. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. It's a community where every house has access to a private runway to put your airplane and like your own airstrip. Okay. Yeah. Like part of your own backyard has your own grass airstrip in it. So the area is called Takeoff Place, Wellington, Florida, like I said. And it's like a really affluent and like luxurious, well-off place to the point where a lot of celebrities have lived there over the years and still do, including some of the people are Bill Gates. Oh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, and Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, those are big names. Yeah, like not like old little celebrities. Like these are big famous people. In today's standards, I looked up the prices of some of these homes. The cheapest ones are a million dollars. The cheapest. Jesus. (laughs) So what was it then? (laughs) Right? Like this place is fancy. So that's where they lived. Keep that in mind. It's not like a you're just coming over and people are all the time ringing your doorbell. That's like important to the storyline. It's not like Girl Scouts are coming to your door every day or like someone's just stopping high end places. Yeah. So we're going to discuss the day of the murder because it's kind of weird. Well, and that's the whole point where we're all here, right? So on the murder, on the murder, God damn it, Tina. <laughs> You're doing great. I've done really bad today. Goodness. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yours are hopefully going to be cut. Mine, they're just free balling oh, out You're here. fine. You're fine. It's fine. It's fine. You guys know this from me at this point. It was the morning of Saturday, May 26th, 1990. It was Memorial Day weekend. 40-year-old Marlene was in her kitchen preparing breakfast. Her 21-year-old son, Joe Ahrens, was currently recovering from his broken leg, so he had been staying at his mom's house. He had three of his friends joining them that morning for breakfast. I've heard it Gene and John, so Gene Pratt, I think, Wendell Pratt, which they're siblings, and Mindy Perez. They were all present for breakfast at the house that day, and they were all, you know, hanging out in the kitchen. Well, around 10.45 a.m. that morning, they all saw out of one of the windows a white Chrysler LeBaron convertible pull into the driveway, and then they heard a knock at the door. Before that, they kind of saw someone walking up, so they saw a little bit of what was happening. They saw a clown wearing an orange wig of synthetic hair and a red nose with some balloons and carnation flowers walking up to the house. And of course, they were all like, oh, you know, you know what it is. It's someone nice enough to send a get well thing for Joe, for his foot. Like, obviously, who else would be doing this, right? So it's like a get well thing. Like a pain, like, get well. Yeah, because this is the 90s. Like, what else are you going to do? Call him on your cell phone and text him? No, wait, you can't do that. So they're like, you know, some girl has a crush on Joe. She's going to send him a a get well clown. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's what their most logical solution was, because who else? What else would this be? Right. Right. Marlene goes over to answer the door and all the others stay in the kitchen area. When she opens the door, the clown was holding two foil balloons. One said, you're the greatest, exclamation point, and the other had a picture of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on it. Marlene answers the door and the kids overhear her saying, how nice. But almost immediately after that, Joe and all of his friends hear a really loud bang noise and they look out of the window because they're like, what the, what? And all they see is the clown really calmly walking back towards the vehicle and just driving off super nonchalant. Okay. So they're like, what was that noise? Like, what? 
Because if you you don't recognize the noise, maybe, and if the clown was so calm, what would it have been? Joe walks out and he sees blood everywhere. He walked into the foyer. His mother was slumped on the ground and she was gasping for air. She had been shot in the face. Joe called 911 right away and pretty much everyone was in shock. No kidding. The kids were trying to like think back on what they saw and they said they only noticed that the clown had white gloves, black shoes that specifically were not clown shoes. Hmm. It was a white LeBaron. They remember the convertible. The clown had brown eyes and the clown was entirely silent because they kind of made eye contact with the clown. Joe said he ended up getting in his mother's car and trying to chase down the clown, but he couldn't catch up with the other vehicle. Oh, I would have caught up. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> no Kylie question. Is not a I, safe driver. If I could see if I could see it, then I'm I will catch up. But I want to know how long it took him to get in the car and get ready because he was obviously taking care of his mom for a minute, you know? That's fair. Like if you if you didn't see the car, then I understand. Well, but if you could see the car, I'm not I'm not. No. Nope. And and these roads are like windy roads because of all the airplane strips and stuff. So I'm wondering that could mean one of two things. Either you can see everything because there's so many airplane strips that there's nothing in the air. You know what I mean? It's not like there's skyscrapers oh, or anything. Right. Clouding your vision, but also it's so winding. Are you going to see anything? Yeah, there's there's got to be a lot of space <laughs> between these areas. So like, I'm just very confused on like, was there a house at the beginning? So maybe the clown just, you know, got out and turned right away or something. I am a little I want to know more about the setup because I want to know. I'm sure I'm not saying like, oh, Joe could have caught up because he probably couldn't have. He would have done everything, it seems like. But I want to know, like, oh, why couldn't he have caught up? Yeah, that would have just changed everything. Right. One of Marlene's neighbors named Bill Kramer was out walking his dog at the time, and he heard what he thought was the sound of like a really loud construction nail gun because he heard like a booming type noise. And then he said he saw people running out of the house and he heard one of the people say they've shot Joey's mother. Billy's wife, uh, Bill's wife, told them all to stay there and she called 911. When police and the medical emergency professionals arrived at the house, they found Marlene on the ground just inside the front door. She had been shot in the face, like everyone had pretty much been saying, and she was immediately taken to the hospital. Since Joe and his friends were eyewitnesses at this point, they were questioned along with anyone who was maybe out that day that could have seen anything. Joe told police everything he could possibly remember about the situation. And the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office said Joe gave the description of the clown as this. About six foot one, tall, skinny, orange hair, a red nose, and a big orange smile, and male. He also mentioned, again, the clown had brown eyes. That's terrifying. Like, he was that close to look into his eyes, and mm-hmm. then, ugh, that that's the chilling part. Police dug into Marlene's past and, like, life just to try to figure out who would have done this. Like, you always got to find who has a motive. Or if there even was one. But that's the thing. Like, it shocked everyone. Marlene was the most kind, gentle person. And pretty much every single person was like, I don't know anyone that would want to murder her. So this really confused authorities. Authorities ended up speaking to Mike Warren, a.k.a. like her husband, because they thought that he could be a suspect because even though the couple was married, they were having marital problems. And the problems were so evident that a lot of people thought that a that a divorce could be inevitable at this point with the two of them. And they always know to look like, look who's the closest to the victim, because that's who it usually ends up being. It's always the boyfriend. 
or husband or yeah, that yeah. guy. Or, you know, opposite. It's always the the wife, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Could be. But when police asked Mike where he was during the time of the shooting, he had a airtight alibi. He told them he was on his way to the Miami racetrack with friends and had left that morning around 10 a.m. He was miles away at the time, halfway to Miami, when he received the call that his wife was in critical condition at the hospital due to being shot. He turned around immediately and headed back. And, like, he had people with him to verify his story. Unless they were all in on it. They were all in on it. Right. The police were going through with the only lead that they could at the moment, which was putting out a warrant for the white Chrysler LeBaron, hoping that it could give them some sort of a tip. Two days after the shooting, with no hope of recovery... Shirley, which is Marlene's mother, had to make the decision, and she ended up having to take Marlene off life support. Marlene oh. died as a result of the gunshot wound to her head on May 28th, the Memorial Day weekend at Palms West Hospital, with Shirley by her side and Joe holding her hand. Where was the, where was the shot? Like, was it her, like, eyes, like, nose, like? I only know it was in her head. Ugh. I'm sorry. Regardless, any any shot there is going to be excruciating. Mm -hmm. Doctors and medical staff tried their best to help Marlene, but she just couldn't. She succumbed to her injuries. They found one of the bullets embedded in her C2 vertebrae of her spine and her neck area. And that's where it had traveled. And it had been from a .38 caliber gun. After this, the police started to receive anonymous tips by phone call. One of them was pretty interesting they found out that Mike possibly was having an affair Hmm. with a woman named Sheila King. Sheila was a repossession. That's a hard word for me. (laughs) Repossession. I can't do that one. Repo. Yeah, a repo agent at the car rental business. There are certain words I can't hit correctly because my tongue rings don't let me. Because like I can't bring my tongue. Gives you a lisp. Yeah, like I can't bring my tongue to the top of my mouth because both sides of my mouth have a piercing repossession yeah and so that like <laughs> double s mixed with a double s is too hard on my tongue this is like crazy. nope that's not that's not happening that's not one of them so as authorities started digging into this they tried to talk to anyone that could have had ties to all three marlene mike and sheila to see like just where the truth was here right marlene's parents told police that marlene had previously told them that they were having marital problems and she actually suspected that mike was having an affair but she wasn't quite sure. Then a coworker named Della Ward came forward and said it was very obvious that Sheila and Mike were seeing each other because they weren't good at hiding it. Sheila told investigators she was out working at the time of Marlene's murder. She claimed she was looking for repo vehicles, but she was unable to provide any address that she went to or that they could follow up or that she could confirm. Seems a little sus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say so myself. And as for the affair, both Sheila and Mike told investigators, nope, we're just friends. But Sheila's neighbors were like, yeah, no, that's not the case at all. They actually thought that Mike was Sheila's husband because of how often he was there. Nope. Her own husband. Now, authorities realized that Sheila wouldn't benefit that much from Marlene's death, though. Really, Mike would have benefited. So they were like, hmm, Sheila does have to be having this affair if for this to make sense, right? Because Mike would have made quite a bit of money if Marlene died due to all the properties and assets she owned that would now be transferred to him. 
So this played into the idea of like, why wouldn't they just divorce is because he would have lost all these assets. So instead, she would have had to die, not just like, oh, I can divorce her. Because then it would, you know, be a a civil court situation and all of those things. Um, So the the problem with this, the authorities had already cleared mice, mice. (laughs) You you got mice on the mind. (laughs) (laughs) cleared Mike as a suspect and noted that he was miles away and couldn't be the clown. However, like Sheila's alibi, like, did she really have that alibi? Because they still don't know. And they were like, who really is this Sheila girl? Like we need to know more about her. So let's, let's talk about Sheila, right? Sheila Keen was a married woman when she started working at bargain motors. Okay. So back when she met Mike, she was married. Also, they were both married people. She was 27 years old. And at the time, the owner of the company that she started working for, Mike Warren, was 40 years old. Hmm. That's some some difference. Yeah. 13 years there. Big difference. Yep. Sheila was described as fearless. And people said that because they said you had to be fearless in order to repo the vehicles like she did in the areas she did. And that's like what her coworkers would always say about her. In 1990, she filed a petition with the court against her husband due to reports of domestic violence. After that, Sheila moved out of the house that she had with her husband and into an apartment that was paid for by none other no. than Mike Warren. No, stop it. Mm-hmm. Sheila had long brown hair, big brown eyes. She was tall, between 5'7 and 5'9, and described as really androgynous looking, sometimes masculine, and people would mistake her for a man. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Also a little bit Interesting, sus. right? Kind of sounds like a description <laughs> I heard earlier. I don't know who you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, police were still working their way through the clues that they had because they noticed that the clown left things at Marlene's house that could lead them in a sort of a direction. The clown who shot M- Marlene had left the balloons and flowers at Marlene's house. So the police were thinking they could use these to track down where they were purchased within the timely manner to find out more about them, right? They also ended up finding some orangish, yellowish looking acrylic hair fibers from the clown wig on the balloons. And that will be the first of many fibers they find. That will be like an ongoing thing throughout this whole case. If you want to, you can put a pin in it. Okay. (laughs) Haven't heard that in a minute. Yeah. Within a matter of days, they found the exact supermarket that the things had been purchased from. So the... Uh, flowers and balloons were purchased from Publix supermarket and two of the employees that were working told police that they were called a woman coming in to purchase the flowers and balloons two hours before Marlene was shot. Can I just give a big shout out to Publix? Cause I miss it. So much. I've never been to, I don't know what that is. Actually. It's so good. It's like, I mean, it's like Meyer or oh. Walmart. Like it's a normal, no, it's more like on the same level as Martin's. Okay. It's Which I so didn't know for a good. long time that Martin's is like a North area yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, But then I said something to someone. Obviously, I know Wawa is like further south because yeah. when I came up here, I was like, Wawa. And people are like, what the fuck's a Wawa? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. The sandwiches. So now I look stupid. And then when I moved to where I live now, I said to someone my first week of living here, I was like, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go to the Jewel? And mm-hmm. they're like, what? And I was like, do you want to go to Jewel later? And they're like, what the fuck? fuck is the jewel and i was like do you want to go to jewelosco and they're like what the fuck's in jewelosco i was like 
Walmart? <laughs> they were like, what did you call it the first time though? And I was like, Jewel, that's what it's for. And they're like, oh God, Chicago. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Chicago. We don't have Walmarts in Chicago. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> The closest Walmart to me was like 30 miles out of the city. So you just didn't. Your two choices were to go to Jewel or to go to Target. I'd go to Target. Well, I would have, but the bus didn't run to Target all hours of the night. My Target bus only ran till like 7 p.m. And this was the time before DoorDash, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that too. But my my bus that went all the way to Jewel was a 24-hour bus. So that made more sense. Yeah. The more you know about my Chicago life. And now I live here. (laughs) Yep. Moving on. I didn't know what Publix was. Dun, dun, dun. So the Publix supermarket that they went to, it was one mile away from Sheila's house uh, apartment. Crazy, right? Seems a little convenient. They described the woman who purchased these items as a white female with long brown hair tied into a ponytail who had male mannerisms. What the hell? <laughs> Seems a little <laughs> sus. Police tracked down where the clown costume was purchased from next. It was from the Spotlight Costume Shop. Police went then there. Okay, (laughs) Athena. And spoke to two employees there. Police went then there. (laughs) I got there. The sentence worked. It's fine. Yeah. The workers remembered that the event of that night was really particular because it happened two nights before Marlene was murdered. What happened was A customer knocked at the door at closing time, wanting to come in specifically to look at clown costumes. Deborah Offord, who was the worker at the time, said, can you come back tomorrow? And the person trying to buy the costume said, no, I need something right now. So Deborah said, I ended up letting them inside and the customer came in, paid cash, buying a clown suit, an orange wig, makeup and a red clown nose. Deborah told the officers it was a woman (laughs) who was about 5'10" who had long, thick, dark brown chocolate hair and big brown eyes. Hmm. Seems a little bit like the other description. <laughs> feel like we've heard that. <laughs> feel like this before. might be the same person. <laughs> Deborah also told the police that the woman said she would need enough white makeup to cover the entire face of someone and then opted to not purchase clown shoes specifically. Hmm. Then, at a later date, after all this happens, the employee ends up identifying Sheila from a photo lineup as being the woman who purchased costume and wig. I know that's shocking. That's yeah. probably the shockingest thing I've said. Super shocking. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I put that in there for, like, the shock value. <laughs> On May 30th, four days after the murder. So we're only four days out, and we have all this evidence, mind you. Man, what? how not to murder someone? This case takes over 30 years to solve. Stop it. Maybe 20 years. Something like that. Yeah. Nope. Okay. On May 30th, four days after the murder, some employees from a local Winn-Dixie shopping center. I've been there. Me too. Have you ever been to? Oh my God. I can't think of what it's called, but I only went to it because I wanted to. Well, that sounds stupid. Because of the movie. To win a date with Tad Hamilton. Something pig, like the whistling pig or the squealing pig. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's only in the South also. I think so. That's another store that's like not around up here anymore. I don't know if it ever was, but I know that's down south. Hmm. And then they use it in to win a date with Tad Hamilton. I haven't seen that. (gasps) Moving on. Oh my God, you gotta watch it. It's so bad. Okay, moving on. (laughs) It's so bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's terrible. You should watch it. (laughs) 
Okay. On May 30th, four days after the murder, these employees from the local Winn-Dixie shopping center call police and they report what they think is an abandoned vehicle in their parking lot. The employee said that this vehicle had been there for a few days. So the police drive over to the. <laughs> uh-huh. Okeechobee. <laughs> How would you pronounce it? No, you, I think you got it. Okeechobee. 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 It's okay. E E C H O B E E. Just Okeechobee. Okeechobee. I guarantee you. Boulevard <laughs> in West Palm Beach. We got a case of the giggles nonetheless tonight, yeah. too, which isn't helping. I blame mine on Coke Zero. It makes me giggly. <laughs> it's okay. It's spicy Coke's problem. <laughs> so they drive over to this area of West Palm Beach, and it's eight miles from Marlene's house. And guess what they fucking find there? I'm guessing a white vehicle. A white Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Hmm. Fucking rare, right? Interesting. Investigators quickly seal off the vehicle, and they obtain a search warrant for it. They tow the vehicle, and when they do finally get to search it, they uncover some orangish-yellowish-looking synthetic fibers on the seats and floor of the car that resemble hairs from a clown wig. I wonder what that's from. Mm, no idea. Probably a dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. When the fibers were analyzed further, they were noted to be an acrylic material like a wig-like substance. And this is in the 90s. So, like, go police officers. Right. But then they also find several strands of long brown human hair. <sighs> okay. Just the fact this case took so long. It's dis- It's just... Okay. It's- it's disrespectful, honestly. It's beyond. Honestly. So the license plate on the vehicle was traced back to a place called Payless Car Rental, which was a local lot where you could rent cars and stuff. The company had reported the vehicle was stolen two weeks before this. Hmm. Now, this story of this fucking car. Oh, <laughs> my God. This car. The car ended up producing a little bit more questionable information in the case. As they were looking into this, they discovered that Mike Warren, her husband, his business, A Bargain Motors, was connected to the suspected getaway car in a weird way. Not what you're going to be thinking. Okay. They learned that a Bargain Motor employee stole this car from Payless Car Rental several weeks before the murder. Okay. Not Sheila. They don't. Well, yes, kind uh, of. But okay. here, hear me out. Here's what happened. Okay. So Payless Car Rental was like the Payless Shoes back in the day and Bargain Motors is like Shoe Carnival. Okay. They're big competitors. Okay. And so like they're always like kind of like trying to one up each other. Mm -hmm. And like, you know how back then there were like commercials on TV and there's also like ads in the paper and stuff. Yeah. No, these two go at it on those types of things. (laughs) So much so that recently Mike had done a really shady sales tactic to upset the owner of Payless Car Rentals. He ran a local ad campaign in the newspaper that's like showed a picture of a car that you could order or like buy or rent. And then above it, he said, like, pay less for this car in like really <laughs> tiny print. So in all big letters, you only saw the words pay less. And then he put a bargain motors information underneath it. So people would look up Payless, 
see and get that bargain motors and unintentionally call bargain motors. I mean, it's kind of genius. It's genius. Yeah. And he could be like, well, I'm just telling them they could pay less. I'm not doing anything wrong. So Payless reported this and tried to sue bargain motors over this mm-hmm. because it was like a big deal. Right. But that also meant anytime anyone was trying to get a hold of Payless, they were going to contact bargain. Right. Like, right. Keep that in mind. So here's what happens. An employee from Bargain Motors named Claude Poiters, who worked for Mike and Sheila, had an interesting story 45 days before the murder. Okay. 45 days? Yup. Okay. Here's what he said. A couple named Mr. and Mrs. Restivo mistakenly called a Bargain Motors and asked them about dropping back their rental car, which was a white Chrysler LeBaron. They thought they called Payless Car Rentals, the company who they rented the car from. Mike told them to leave the keys in the visor and the car would be picked up. Claude told police that he drove Michael and Sheila to Payless Car Rentals and he observed them getting into the white car and driving away. He was told not to say anything about the car. <laughs> okay, so here's the theory, right? Mm-hmm. This couple, this um, Restivo couple, rents this car. And then when they go to call to find out about returning it to pay less, they call bargain. So then Mike and Sheila are like, hey, yeah, no, that's totally our company's car. Yeah, no, we're actually closed. Leave the keys in it and leave it out front outside the gate with the keys. And then we'll just we'll put it in the lot for you. But then Mike and Sheila go and steal this car to get back at Payless for suing them over the ad. That was the real thing that was happening here. (laughs) Seems a little petty, but all right. But now the problem is they decided to use this car for murder. Right. Yeah. And now this is going to have a murder charge attached to it. So police were like, yeah, we believe this is the same car that was used to drive to Marlene's house that day to murder her. So then they go and they ask Sheila, hey, have you ever been around a white Chrysler LeBaron? She's like, nope, never been near one of those. Don't know what that is. <laughs> Don't know. What, what is that? Never seen those cars. <laughs> I'm a car repo. Never seen that one. Crazy. Rare car. So when investigators and authorities were searching the car, they obtained a search warrant for Sheila's apartment also. And in her apartment, they find orangish yellowish fibers on clothing inside her home that match the ones found in the car. Mm, convenient <laughs> they also find some black lace up like shoes or boots that end up matching the same descriptions that the clown was wearing that day they also find the same orange yellow acrylic fibers in the soles of the shoes it seems like i mean i'm i might be reaching here but it seems <laughs> like if you're gonna think it's sheila you're wrong <laughs> the Stop person it. that killed marlene <laughs> was in the wig, was in the same car, and was in this apartment, might be the same person. But it's not Sheila. But it's not (laughs) Sheila. (laughs) Because she's never been near a crisis. No, she doesn't know what those are. Things get really interesting now. If that wasn't crazy, things get crazy. As they start to investigate Mike Warren's business, they discover something else. Fraud. Hmm. Like crazy fraud charges. So they end up charging him with racketeering, insurance fraud, and odometer tampering. There's that word again that we like so much. Racketeering? Yeah. I know. I love this. (laughs) So on October 25th, 1990, the police executed a search warrant at Margan Boaters. (laughs) like that one better. (laughs) Margan Boaters. (laughs) 
it didn't sound wrong as I was saying it until it kind of like started getting there, but I couldn't stop the words. (laughs) I felt like the joy leaving my sentence as it was going on. So the police like did a nighttime middle of the night raid. And when they did, they went in and they just seized all the file cabinets and all the documents in the whole building. Oh, then the next day, October 26th, they just walk up to Mike Warren and charge him with arrest of 43 counts of charge. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. He was served three and a half years of prison. They were up all night. Uh huh. So he ends up getting released in 1997. Now, when he gets released in 1997, he becomes estranged to Joe, his like stepson kid. And at this point, Joe is literally just mourning his mother, plus his brother, plus his original dad. And he's wondering if his dad murdered his mom. This poor fucking kid. And he's like, hey, at least my dad's coming out of prison and I can talk to him and maybe salvage something if he's not the one that murdered my mom. And then this guy's like, hey, yo, um, no big deal. But fuck that. Like, no way. And Joe's like, the fuck, dude? What the fuck? Then a lot of people start talking and people come to this conclusion that Mike Warren is a shady fucking dude. Terrible person. (laughs) So they were like, you think that he might be a good guy but no he's literally like a sleazy car salesman he's pushy he's aggressive he's tied to all these insurance fraud deals he once owned a plane that mysteriously suddenly disappeared once Hmm. also he like was a con man a bunch of people found out clearly he used to own racehorses but then randomly they would like turn up dead don't like that he reminds me of mr wormwood from the movie matilda danny devito Okay, well, in the movie, Danny DeVito is like a shitty car salesman, and he also pulls back the odometers and stuff like that, and he is a fraud guy, and he's giving me those fucking vibes. Mm. Which, if you want to look into something amazing about Danny DeVito, actually, I'm just going to real quick do this. The movie Matilda, the girl that plays Matilda in the movie, not when the movie was filming, her mom was diagnosed, I think it was with cancer. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but like they gave her time off or something. And then they continued filming later. Her mom ended up passing away either right when it got done filming or something. She ended up seeing one cut of the film, but she never saw it final release to theaters. So she never saw her kid got to like become a star because that girl, that movie would have made her a star. Right. The thing is, is she asked Danny DeVito on her like deathbed, essentially like, hey, please make sure my kid like is okay. So Danny DeVito has supported this girl her entire life, made sure that she didn't get taken into like stardom in the bad ways and stuff like that. And like he made sure that she didn't go on to be a child actor because he didn't think that it would do her any justice. And he like paid for all of her school. He did everything for this girl. Wow. It's like this really cute, wholesome story about Danny DeVito and the Matilda girl. So if you ever want to look into something cute there, that's the one good. That's the story to look into. Yeah. I love Danny DeVito. I thought you were going to talk about that show. Matilda? No. Danny DeVito. It's always sunny? Yes. I would love to, but it has <laughs> nothing to do with this. Although he is shady in that one, too. Danny oh. DeVito plays a good little shady guy, except for in the One Direction music video. He's not. Oh sh- well, he's kind of shady in that. No, he's not. He's a good dude. I'm going to go on record <laughs> saying he's good in that. Okay. He's just a little weird. Okay. At this point, Mike's going to jail, not for the murder, but then he gets out. Police believe (laughs) Sheila's probably involved. They don't arrest her. They can't charge her. They don't think they have enough stuff. The case ends up going cold. Marlene Warren's family has no justice. Hate it. The end. Hate it. 
But then, but wait, there's more. Shirley Twing and her daughter, Marlene, had this fascination with clowns. Like, it's so much more disrespectful when you know this part. They, like, collected clown stuff. So when they were doing interviews and stuff, they would show Shirley's home, and she had a room full of clown art and figurines. Her and her daughter, Marlene, both collected clown stuff. So when Shirley gave an interview for CBS one time, they were like, oh, how do you feel about clowns now? And she's like, I don't hate clowns. I just hate one. Mm. And like, yeah, they collected anything clown themed. I love it. Iconic. Because it's you. I love clowns. <laughs> In 2013, the po- so 2013, 2013. I hate it. I'm was, not okay with this. She was murdered in 1990, okay? But in 2013, the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, such a fucking sentence, <laughs> they received a federal grant for $125,000 to take a look at old cold cases, okay? I got mm-hmm. there. You got there. Marlene was murdered in 1990, and they finally decided that they should reopen this case and hope for a new DNA match because things had, like, progressed over time. So DNA analysis was conducted on the evidence that was collected back in 1990. And since it was far more advanced, they hoped that they would have strong enough evidence at this point to do something with it. The state attorney, Dave Ehrenberg, tested some of the fibers that were found in the LeBaron, and they were able to trace some of the long brown human hair in the vehicle, along with sending in some of the curly synthetic fibers from the potential clown wig in to get some DNA matches. So it was enough to reopen the case entirely because with new DNA matches, Detectives believe they could definitively connect Sheila to the alleged getaway car. And that's when they started. Because they couldn't before. Yeah. Because they couldn't DNA match it. Mm. So they started trying to dig into Sheila and where she is years later. You're going to be fucking shocked. Are you ready for this? I don't know. Guess where the fuck Sheila is. Where? She's living out in a new state with her husband, Mike fucking Warren. What? Yeah. So despite the fact that they both still deny they were never having an affair at the time of Marlene's murder, when Mike was released from prison, they became a couple. They moved from Florida uh, to Florida and they opened a burger restaurant called the Purple Cow in Tennessee (laughs) and got married in 2002 in the Little White Chapel of Las Vegas. That's not even the craziest thing. That's such a what (laughs) okay yeah no no this is gonna get oh my god you're gonna hate sheila so goddamn much okay sheila obviously took mike warren's last name so she's sheila warren you would assume right right nope she changed her first name not legally she just decided to start going by she says it was a nickname she's had since childhood debbie so people only know her as (laughs) debbie warren they don't even know she's sheila okay also She dyed her hair blonde, so she's also changed her name. She's like a different person. No one knows she's this person. Seems like there was a reason for that. Mm, Yeah, doesn't it? Now you want to know some weird shit about the purple cow? (laughs) Sounds good. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm hungry, but it's fine. A girl who worked there named Ashley Sexton came forward and said that there was a rumor going around the restaurant when she worked there, and the rumor was Debbie murdered Mike's ex-wife. Oh, that's a good, that's a good rumor. Mm Mm-hmm. Another time at the Purple Cow, Debbie came to a company work party for Halloween dressed as a fucking clown. With, with an orange clown? I no. Oh, okay. Just a clown. But f- are you? F- You're an idiot. <laughs> I want to hit her. Yeah. Like, I want to knock some sense into this dumb broad's head. I don't think you could. 
So in the fall of 2017, 2017, the Warren couple sold their restaurant and retired to go live in Virginia. Damn it. (laughs) And that's where cops are going to find Sheila and arrest her. Thank God. Finally. On September 26, 2017, 27 years after the murder, Charlene, Charlene, I combined Marlene and Sheila. Yeah. Sheila Keen Warren was finally arrested to be charged with first degree murder of Marlene Warren. Wow. The Palm Beach County detectives called the Washington County Sheriff's Department in Virginia to issue a warrant for Sheila. As Mike and Sheila were returning from a road trip to Vermont, they were pulled over by police in their black Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> Authorities told Sheila. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they live in Virginia, but they were going to Vermont. Yeah. Do you understand why that's funny? No. Where did I live before? Vermont. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where did I live before? Did I tell you I'm going to Virginia? No, but Corey did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I lived in Virginia. Maybe. Athena thinks. That Virginia is Vermont. I don't know the difference between Virginia and Vermont. Are you sure you're going to Virginia or are you going to Vermont? Well, I'm flying into Baltimore. Which one's close to Baltimore? Virginia. I'm going to Shenandoah Valley. That's not how you pronounce it. Oh, that's where my friends live. Okay, well, that's where I'm going. I'm jealous now. I'm going to go with you. I was going to say, do you want to come with? Maybe. You should. Okay. (laughs) Don't tempt me with a good time. People are like, is this how you guys just plan your vacation? Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is exactly how. So when they pull over this Cadillac, it is so fucking funny. Authorities are like, hey, uh, we're pulling you over for nothing. It's not a big deal. You know, we're just pulling you over. Oh, by the way, Sheila, we have a warrant for your arrest for the murder of Marlene Warren. And she's like, oh, shit. Yeah, they just like spring it on her. So she ends up getting taken into custody. Greg wrote this whole time. She's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I got away with it. She got away with it for 27 years. That's insane. That's such a long time. Greg Rosenfeld, who's Sheila's defense attorney, said Sheila did not murder Marlene Warren. Everything. How, Greg? How? Tell me how, Greg. (laughs) He said everything was so methodical. This person walking up to the house, committing this shooting and then slowly walking away. We're dealing with someone who had experience in committing a hit or a murder, which Sheila doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sheila vehemently, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> denies, sometimes I put these words in here and then I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Right. She denies murdering Marlene, but she said that she would be taken a trial and it's okay because her alibi of working and repoing cars during the time of murder would hold up. It doesn't. The clown costume and gun were never recovered and they weren't able to be used in the trial. However, Sheila's team tried to argue whether or not Sheila could have had means, motive, or opportunity to even commit this crime, despite not having those items. She had means. She's married to Mike Warren. I'm just going to say that. Right. I mean, and they would you look the, at her husband? They opened the purple cow, probably using the money for um, the uh, Marlene. I'm just, yeah. The insurance money. And like from her assets, remember? Yeah. Yeah. In 2018, the sheriff's office. Rene- I'm so over today. <laughs> in 2018, the sheriff's office released the DNA evidence and the brown hairs found in the Chrysler LeBaron were a DNA match to Sheila. Oh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> this along with Shia. 
I'm so irritated. I can't just fucking read correctly. This, along with Sheila being positively identified by the workers at the Publix and the costume shop, were all damning evidence at this point. Greg Rosenfeld, her attending attorney, didn't bite, though. He said, we'll never know who killed Marlene because the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office and the state's attorney's office did such a poor job investigating this case. But that it's not Sheila. And the only reason that she's being pursued is because the attorney's office is trying desperately to close a notorious cold case. So they're just like over it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, Greg. He said there was a bunch of other potential suspects, but authorities ignored them. Who who were those? Well, supposedly, he said there was an inmate who bragged in prison about murdering Marlene. But the prosecutors actually did investigate him and cleared him. So. Yeah. When questioned in interviews saying things like, hey, why would you think your client is innocent when there's all this DNA evidence? His replies were always simply, the state's attorney's office should be embarrassed about the DNA evidence on this case. <laughs> so just blaming someone as an answer is not an answer. Just yeah. thought I'd, you know, throw that out he'd there. be like, oh, well, it's so damning that they had to use 30-year-old evidence. Like, that's not even holding up. It had been through the ringer. Multiple people had seen it, been through it, touched it, da-da-da-da-da. Right. Like, he always had an answer, right? Well, he always had a, a blame yeah. s- a statement. He said that, yeah, the hair was DNA and yeah, it was found and yeah, it could be from her, but it also could have been linked to 4% of the other U.S. Caucasian female population, technically. Is he really trying to pull that DNA testing isn't quite there yet? Yep. Okay. And he was like, you know, you're just being overly specific saying it has to be Sheila's DNA. Okay. Sheila's attorney also went as far as to throw out new theories like, Just because the fact her hair is in the car means, yes, she was in the car, but she wasn't in the car for the murder. And just because the car was on the bargains lot, it doesn't mean that, again, the car was used for the murder or that she was in it that time or anything else because she's not a murderer. He's like, no, those weren't all linked items. You're just linking a bunch of scenarios that happen to sound like they're combined, but they're not. Right. (laughs) Also, he says the synthetic wig fibers could have been from a thousand other products not just clown wigs it's silly that that's the only thing you're willing to consider that they are fina what do you owe what do you owe what do you own that's orange that is synthetic type material actually i mean yeah i probably shouldn't ask you actually i own something today that i was wondering if it would come up as a synthetic fiber this is weird that you say this so for C2E2, I'm going to go and I'm going to cosplay as Venetia Catton from Saltburn. And I'm going as the tennis scene. And she wears that tinsel jacket. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, would that tinsel, if like I was at a crime scene or something, would that come up as almost the same type of synthetics and stuff as a wig? I think it would. It probably would. It's just like thicker. Yeah. I mean, that's not at all like what we're doing here, but right. I was thinking about that today. So that's kind of funny. You asked me that, but that's pink, not orange. So I have no idea. This right. is obviously my orange wig, my orange clown wig that I have so many of. <laughs> obviously, obviously, <laughs> that makes only logical sense here. Rosenfeld, her attorney, said there could have been so many years that have passed, and there's been so much cross contamination of all the evidence, and all this mixing together makes it impossible to say if any of the evidence is even credible anymore. Fucking Christ, dude! <laughs> but I can't, I have no words for him. He is. He's he's good. He's great. He's doing sure. Good. He's 
Sure, he's fine. So then in 2020. Oh, God. They start to reevaluate the case. No. And they decided they weren't going to seek the death penalty for her because originally they were debating it. Now, every time that Sheila has been set to go on trial, they delay it for a different reason. And at one point, her team even filed a motion stating that they didn't have enough time in the case and they're going to need to postpone her trial because they couldn't prepare because the murder happened so long ago that it's been difficult to gather the evidence, take depositions and talk to the prosecution's witnesses and things like that. And so springing a trial on them is just too damn, too damn difficult. Okay. It happened 30 years ago, my man. How much more time do you need to plan this? Right. Then the coronavirus pandemic happened and that didn't help. Right. So it was further delayed and there was problem gathering the relevant evidence, they said. Her attorneys also requested that while she was awaiting trial, she should just be released and be on house arrest because she's not a criminal. So what's the point in like having her in jail? (sighs) Okay. But she is in jail and she was doing time served. Keep that in mind. So they told the court that she's an innocent woman. She's not a danger to the community and she possesses no sort of flight risk. So might as well just let her out. Because that's how it works. <laughs> After multiple delays, many, many years later, Sheila's finally going to go on trial. It's 2022, right? And at this point, her trial had been postponed six times. My goodness. Sheila was murdered in 1990. Like, keep, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So during this time, another thing arose, though. This is fucking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. It was something called the clown sighting file. It was a 25 page clown sighting file. And it was a file about people that had sighted clowns. I'm not kidding. (laughs) It had names, addresses, or phone numbers of 40 credible leads. They thought according to court files from defense attorneys that back then people saw clowns proving that this was a multiple murder situation and it wasn't Sheila killing Marlene. Oh, it was like a, uh, Mass killer, yeah. It's kind of like how when there was killers killing clown killers a few years back, they're saying that that actually happened back in the 90s also. And that this wasn't a one-off deal. Okay. Now, why is this an issue? Well, because all these new tips, leads, and suspects now have to be looked into. And it's going to delay things. A little bit. Mm -hmm. But you want to know the crazier thing? The clown file, the 25-page report, it just goes missing. Well, sounds like we don't have to do that and we can just go to trial, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it, Greg? (laughs) Well, that led Sheila's defense team to be like, oh, look, you guys are purposely mishandling paperwork again. The sheriff's office and the state's attorney's office are spiting us and spiting Sheila by purposely misplacing things. It's you guys not being able to handle your shit. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then on April 25th, 2023, (laughs) literally last year, last year, last year, this case happened before I was born. And it was last year. We're still dealing with it. Ridiculous. Two weeks before the Keen Warren trials next attempt to be rescheduled was set to begin. There's a surprise turn for the case. My goodness. They let her reach a plea deal. Probably because they're tired of all the excuses of delaying the trial. So Sheila agreed to withdraw her previous entered plea of not guilty and instead enter a plea of guilty. Because she's guilty. But no. She agreed to now plead guilty to second degree murder and be sentenced to 12 years in prison. However, she also says she's still not guilty. She's just doing this because it's easier on everyone. 
But since Florida incentivizes good behavior, they cut time off also for inmate sentences for each month they're in jail without incident. Sheila would get credit also for time served. So she's going to be released in 2025. Or sooner. I hate it. Or sooner. I hate it. So the biggest fear now was they were like, if we don't make this deal and it goes to trial, what if she somehow does get found not guilty because these like missing paperwork or something? Not because she's innocent, but like after all these years, what if we can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she's the one who did it? Because it's not that we have to prove that she did it. We have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And what if people are like, well, maybe the husband did it. Or what if it was those clown files? What if? And so they were kind of nervous that she wouldn't be charged. Like, it sounds damning right now. But what if you have a jury that doesn't understand things? And that happens. That's ridiculous. So they were really nervous and they were like, maybe we should just take the plea deal. So Sheila's attorney maintained she never committed this murder, Mm -hmm. but she's willing to plead guilty for the sake of the court. So fucking stupid. Oh, Um, was the sake of the court when you were delaying trial? Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Michael Warren, her, you know, loving, doting husband, Mm -hmm. in a statement provided to the 48 Hours show, he regarded the plea saying, my wife did not commit this crime. It was difficult to see her plea to a crime she did not commit. But it wasn't worth the gamble if she was gamble if she was offered a deal that could have her home in 16 to 18 months. Sadly, Marlene Warren's mother, Shirley Twing, she never she died in March 2023. She never even got to see Sheila plead guilty. Like, I know it's not a big like because we know she's going to get out in a year. But like, mm-hmm. it would have been something nice to at least see this bitch say, like, I murdered her daughter so that yeah. you could have that closure. She didn't even get to see that after all these years. After all these years, do you want to know what Mike Warren has to say? (laughs) Not really, but (laughs) tell me anyway. He speculates Marlene was actually probably the victim of an angry tenant and car buyer. And that's why he was never charged with crime in connection to Marlene's murder, because ultimately he's also a victim here. Oh, okay. What about all the fraud, Mike? (laughs) I don't even need to tell how I feel. Like, obviously, I feel. Yeah. So that's this case. Marlene Warren. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel it's pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. I don't even feel like I need to. Yeah. No, we don't need to. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Sheila's going to be getting out in like a fucking year. I can understand why people murder people. (laughs) Not not Marlene. We want to murder. No, 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 no. We want to murder Sheila. Yeah. Yeah. Sheila's one of those people where like, I wish someone would just like. I miss the days of vigilantes. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. I hope she has really bad luck for her whole life. Yeah. And you know what sucks is she's going to get out of prison and she's going to go back to. Je- no. To Mike and they're mm-hmm. going to have a happy life. Mm-hmm. And fucking Joe. Yeah. Joe. Hate now it. his grandma's also dead. Joe has literally no one in his life. I don't know if he's married. I don't yeah, know. What I he hope has, he's but, married or something. But fucking Joe. I hope Sheila stubs her pinky toe every day. Every single day. Every single day. Honest. And I hope her hair falls out and she has to buy a synthetic wig to wear every day. Yes. Because she can't afford the the real one. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Awful. And it sucks that like. Every and like her attorney tried to use those facts, being like, "Well, remember when Joe said it was a male?" 
He literally tried to do that. And Joe's like, I also was. Do you remember how every single person, <laughs> literally every single person was like, like man, was this male. is a masculine person. Well, and Joe just watched this person murder his mom, kind of like, I mean, he didn't fully see it, but he saw it. Right. He was in fear. This person's tall because they have boots on. He's going with what he suspects. They're in a clown costume. Well, he and you don't think about, else. oh, this person's going to murder my mom. I need to remember everything about them. It's just terrible. Like when you see a person like that, you're just like, oh, someone's like walking up to my door. Sheila's eyes. Yeah. Mm -mm. Because it was Sheila. Like that. I'm not even going to be like, oh, or whoever it was. It was Sheila. Absolutely. That's all I got. Yep. Do you have any other? Nope. Okay. The hater. Well, uh, if you guys have anything to add, (laughs) do you have feelings? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I fucking hate this case always has bothered me because fuck Sheila. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's case. Feel free to tell us how you feel. Thank you for joining us after dark. We can't wait to chat with you next week for another new episode. Sleep tight. Hey, listener, did you have some feedback about this week's case? Or maybe you want to chat with us. Maybe you even have a suggestion you'd like to throw our way. We're always just a click away. You can easily find all of our socials on Linktree through Cryptic Soup Pod, which is available in our Instagram bio. You can also join the CSP Discord where we would love to chat with you. Thank you for joining us this week and make sure to check out our sources available in the description if you want to dive deeper into this case. Don't forget to show your support and love for CSP by leaving a review and rating wherever you normally listen. Next week, we will be back with a new episode where you can join in on the conversation after dark. Cryptic Soup Pod is a podcast that contains sensitive material at times. We understand that sometimes the subjects are too much for some of the listeners. We thank each and every one of you for being a member of the community and always supporting us. Thank you for everything, and we'll see you next time. So stay tuned. another chilling case to share with you i'm gonna redo it (laughs) (sighs) authorities started to piece together what witnesses saw they only knew one thing they were on the hunt fucking hate you (laughs) seriously what i have to do it all over again sorry He didn't even take anything with him. He just came in here to rifle through stuff and not do anything. Right. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I think I can start at authorities because I was like the worst part and I did a pretty good thing of a bob. Pause. Pause yeah. is the word I want. I have faith in you. Okay. <clears throat> authorities started piecing together. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Yes, they did. Yes, they did. That's what those authorities did. (laughs) Started to piece together. Okay. Authorities started to piece together what witnesses saw. The only... Jesus! I hate Corey so much at the moment. I was a carny folk. Actually, not true. I worked for a circus. I don't work for a carny. Well, carny folks are weird. My mom worked for a carny.
Of course she did. Carney people are weird. Bianca was a carny folk. <laughs> I would just wasted. How do you how do people get involved in like you know I have never once in my life been approached by someone's like you want to come work in a circus? No. That well, doesn't happen. Like, what? No, I applied for the job. Well, how I do you find working for a circus? How you find any other job? Yeah, I seeked it out. I went to a circus and I said, hey, are you guys hiring? And they said no. And I said, I will come back every day and ask this until you hire me. And he said, oh, my God, just go see the guy in the blue tent. And I said, okay. Like, when I go to the circus, my first thought isn't. How do I work here? How do I work here? Oh, I'm like, here. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to eat. Show. Deep fried Oreos. You fucking worked for a burlesque thing, too. Burlesque. 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 How was your burlesque time? First of all. Second of all, it was a lewd one where people were stripping. And third of all, it was not a normal burlesque. Still, though, like, how did you find that? It wasn't working. I saw them in the show. And then you worked? I didn't work for them. Yes, you did. Did you do merch stuff? Define working for someone. I didn't get paid. I just did it for fun. It was a hobby. 